Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and in this episode, we have Pam and Nicole from Coyote Vest, which is a company that creates pet body armor, protecting dogs and other small animals from coyotes and birds of prey and other aggressive dogs. Go to coyotevest.com, you'll see how creative and innovative these products are. But the company really started from a tragic event, and we'll get into all of that in the episode, but a tremendous amount of good has come out of that event and thousands of dogs have been protected and the peace of mind of all these owners is something that you really can't put a price on. And I was so excited to talk to them after seeing the product at a USC event and I really just wanted to dig into the story and share this with you because I think it is a company that's doing a lot of good. And in the episode, we go through how the company started, how they got their first customers, how it blew up, and even how they got on Shark Tank and kind of what their plan is moving forward to help more people essentially keep their pets safe. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can subscribe over on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting platforms. Also, leave a rating and review. That would be much appreciated. And you can sign up for the Weekly Grind, my weekly newsletter with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Just launched a second edition recently and have gotten some good feedback from it, which is amazing. And now, Without further ado, here is Pam and Nicole from Coyote Vest. Pamela and Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're happy to be here. We sure are. Thank you. Excited to have it on, have you on, and we can finally get this going and to talk about Coyote Vest because it's such a cool company. And first off, I just want to start with how did Coyote Vest actually get started? Well, it started in 2014. Our company was started at a tragedy, it was created. And it was when Paul was putting our dogs into the car at Dog Park. And a coyote came out of the bushes and grabbed our little Buffy, who was just standing back a few feet, smelling the flowers, grabbed her by the neck, shook her neck, and ran off with her, never to be seen again. It was horrific. It was just a horrible thing. We were always told, just throw your arms in the air, make loud noises, um, just scare the coyote away. But by then, it's way too late. Either coyote has already gotten a hold of your dog or the coyote has already seriously injured your dog. Yeah, that's such a tough thing to go through because I've obviously heard of that from looking at your website and everything before, but I'm sure that there's obviously many other people that have gone through those experiences. I know one of my friends actually, uh, they had their puppy, I think within like a week or two of their of getting their puppy, they it got killed by a coyote. And so it's just a horrible, a horrible thing. And going from that though, I mentioned like when we t- talked earlier about how some obviously a lot of good has come out of such a bad event. How did the idea then come to create Coyote Vest, Coyote Vest out of this? Well, you know, after that, after that tragedy, um, you know, we have three dogs, Scooter, Cody, and Sparky, and we could not enjoy our walks anymore. Every time we went out, we would be just like in fear. We'd be like, is there a coyote behind us? And we thought, we just can't live like this because we like to take our dogs everywhere with us. I mean, I think a lot of people do nowadays. They like to socialize their dogs and take their dogs to dog park and take them out on hikes. And it was no fun anymore. And we were just like, what are we going to do about this? So Paul, being an engineer, said, hey, you know what? I'm just not going to live like this anymore. 
And this was after we went through all the um, the crying and the uh, we were angry for a long time. And yeah. we said, okay, we got to do something about this. So we were actually creating the product just for our own dogs. We had no intentions to start a company whatsoever. Nicole, Paul, and I had great jobs. And so what we were doing is we were trying to see what was out there on the market that we could use for our own dogs. And Paul started doing the research, and he could find nothing out there that he felt comfortable enough to put on our dogs for safety. So he started doing a lot of research. Um, you know, he's got an engineering background and he's written many, many books. And uh, so he's really used to uh, getting, um, taking the time to read and research. And he just started making a vest for the dogs. And <laughs> just, uh, it, was, it was crazy. He'd come, and all of a sudden he doesn't even sew. And all of a sudden he sits down and he goes, <laughs> for the dog. And he puts it on and they were, it was pretty silly looking. I mean, it was, you know what, it was glued and sewn together. Oh, God. <laughs> After about the 15th or 20th vest, he said, hey, I kind of like this. And what about if I add some spikes to the vest? That's going to even make it better to protect the dogs. Pretty soon, our neighbors were looking at this vest. And before we know it, it went viral around the world. And we got hundreds of orders that came through and we're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make these bass? <laughs> it's like, I go, okay, well, I used to sew in high school and I have made some shirts and I've done some different things like that. Let's get some good machinery. And we just started making the best right in our house. And it was... It was <laughs> It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's incredible. And it's it's crazy how you went from obviously solving your own problem and like, let's figure this out because we can't live like this to then creating a product that can obviously help other people. But I, I'm always curious about the transition from that because a lot of entrepreneurs, like uh, they, they solve their own problem. That's how they get ideas for things. But I mean, what were some of those first like thing? Was it just like neighbors finding them? Like, or what happened? What was that kind of like inflection point that, cause it to take off because it went from obviously you had one or two vests or whatever and then to other people wanting them like what caused that you think yeah so basically what happened is i mean you've seen the vests they're really eye-catching anytime oh, yeah. we walk the dogs in them everyone is asking if they can take pictures what is it and um so what happened is walking the dogs in the neighborhood in the vest we would get a lot of attention from neighbors and our community members and they saw it and they wanted to buy one and so with community members wanting to buy it we had to find some place to some sort of marketplace to put it on so we put it on etsy and what happened is it was just people like word of mouth ordering it. And next thing you know, we went viral all around the world on um, Buzzfeed picked it up almost every news station in the North America. And it went viral at like other countries as well, like South America, it was down there and it went across to China. And um, so it just had this viral effect because it was um, a story that people could relate to. It was a problem a lot of people were experiencing and it was a solution that was really eye-catching. And so that's where it quickly transitioned where we had people on our Etsy page and were just ordering. And that's when we got the 100, 200 orders pretty much over one weekend. 
And it was just all hands on deck. We were bootstrapping it, trying to get these done. I mean, <laughs> all over the house, only two sewing machines and uh, Pam and Paul were on them cranking out vests as fast as they could. And there was still a six month delay because there's only so much manpower um, with that kind of media attention. And so we, we really just had to figure it out, bootstrap it, learn as much as we could using the internet and resources that we had to launch this into a full-fledged business. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible, by the way. And I love I love the hustle to to pull yeah. that off. You know, it's it's an amazing feat. And one of the things that I'm I'm really wondering about then with the product itself, was that always the intention to have this bright, colorful thing? And you know, how did the how did you actually build the product initially? You know, initially it was um, the first prototype that Paul had made was made of Kevlar. And we had started that way, and then eventually we realized that it that Kevlar has an effect in the sun where it begins to break down and it's not quite as effective. And so through our research, we realized, you know, it would be better and the product would have a longer lifespan if we used sun protective material on top of it. And so that was when we were able to introduce some of these fun, funky colors um, and go down that route of adding new different styles and product line offerings um, that way. And then we also found that um, there also seems to be some sort of, a, there's a few benefits to it. Um, one, the colors make your pet a little bit less recognizable to predators, such as coyotes, because all of a sudden they're used to seeing this type of animal and it looks different it, to them. And then addition, in addition to that, um, it's easy for you to spot your dog, for example, <laughs> the bushes and you're like, oh, there he is, the, the bright yellow thing hopping around. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you that, you know, our customers, they want protection, but they want to be stylish too. So now <laughs> of course. Yeah. Turquoise and our royal blue and red and yellow and fluorescent orange and royal orange. I mean, the colors go on and now we're doing a camo and then we have our Texas tan. But, um, you know, and also... Great for the sneaker heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And then what you do is you add those whiskers, which are the coyote whiskers. And we have those in every color you can imagine. But they play a really big part in helping to protect the dog also. Um, What it does, as Nicole said, it makes your dog look different. And we have found from ranchers and from our customers that where their dogs had been attacked in the past, now the coyote looks at the dog and they say, this looks different. I'm not really sure if I attack this this creature, am I going to get hurt? I can't go to a vet. I want to make sure that whatever I'm going to attack, it's going to be easy prey. So the dog looks different, but the whiskers also help against birds of prey because birds of prey do not like sticky pokey things and that's why you see them on the top of the buildings or in boat yards or on boats and they also don't like shimmery uh, uh, you know items like items and that's why you see them at vineyards and you'll see um, tinsel kind of material Mm -hmm. that are flapping in the wind just to be able to keep the birds from attacking or uh, eating the grapes so it has a couple other purposes, and they're very important purposes. Yeah, and it all seems like I mean, w- first of all, it's it's amazing when you look at it. It's like it's such a feat. Like even like seeing it for the first time, I had to just stare at it and be like, "What is this?" <laughs> and it's quite quite the product. And 
<laughs> diving into details a bit more too, where did you get the materials for this? You know, figuring out what materials like to use. I know you mentioned the Kevlar and then you, you change it because anyone starting a business, especially a product business, which can be very difficult, uh, it always ha- comes up as to where do you get the products, like the actual materials from, like, where do they come from? Oh my gosh, they come from, we have a lot of different suppliers. It was a lot of work, a lot of research. You have to learn your materials. You have to study. I mean, it's not an easy feat. Um, First of all, if you're having a business, you better really be passionate about it. And that because, you know, you're going to have a lot of work ahead of you. And we have suppliers that we use in the U.S. And um, we just started learning and researching and finding out what kind of Kevlar do we like? There's lots of different types of Kevlar. We wanted to make sure that we had a Kevlar that had a really tight weave to it. Something that you would see that is being used in prisons for prison guards. You know, there's all different types of Kevlar. We wanted to make sure our Kevlar was lightweight. We also use ballistic materials. So we've had our products tested by the canine unit police department. And, um, you know, now we're endorsed by veterinarians and uh, American Kennel Club and actually Fish and Wildlife is now working with us. And so when you're doing this, we first of all, make sure that we only use the highest quality products. There's all different types of Velcro. There's all different types of materials. But when it comes to our fur babies, for our three dogs that we love so much, we're only going to use the best. We would never, never scrimp on our products for our dogs. And we don't want to do that to anybody else. We only use the finest, highest quality materials. Yeah. And and with that, so I mean, anyone like product businesses are, are tough. Like you mentioned, it's a lot of hustle to try to figure this out. Was there any particular either sites or things that you kind of went back to again and again to find either, you know, these manufacturers or places that had, had the actual materials? Cause I know you would start with typically, I guess, a Google search and just try to figure it out. But was, was there anything else that like was particularly helpful? It started out with a Google search, trying to find the suppliers, doing a lot of contacting, um, networking, talking to other people, testing the products. There were a lot of products that we tried, materials, and we just didn't like it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of products out there. Everybody has their own level of what quality they want. And to us, um, we weren't as worried about the cost as we were about just the protectiveness. Yeah. And you said that there's products you didn't like. How did you determine like the products and materials that you didn't like? What were you looking for? I think in terms of, um, because our goal was to create a stab resistant vest, it was pretty easy to determine because we pressure tested all of the products in, um, basically Paul had created a lab where he was working on putting everything together and you could immediately eliminate a combination of products if they were punctured when you attend, attempted to do a pressure test. So, um, we had, that was pretty much how we eliminated a lot of products and then um, determined down the road if um, what types of product lines we wanted to have, how many colors we wanted to have. And so we were also able to narrow down some of those um, various options as well to narrow it down to um, what we currently have available today. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you want the best products because mm-hmm. it's serving such an important purpose. And so you have to have the highest quality. And you know, with Coyote Vest taking off and getting press, at what point did it go from Etsy to having your own website and kind of being more serious about the company? 
So it, as I mentioned, once we went viral, everything just went crazy. So it was basically at that point, the all hands on deck moment, everyone's wearing many hats. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was the point when we realized that this is a business and this isn't going to be functioning just on Etsy. So at that point, that's when I um, started, we started to make a website and design a brand. I um, had a logo designed for us. And um, that's when we moved forward with creating social media accounts and, and everything like that to really get this business up and running. And then you have to do all the legal paperwork and, and things like that. And eventually, because we were so well known for our Etsy site, we had, we had both operations running. So we had orders coming in on Etsy, customer service running in on Etsy. And then we were also trying to balance that with just the three of us answering messages also from our website and orders coming in on the website. And that was a, a pretty challenging transition. And eventually we transitioned all of our customers over to the website. And that was a great opportunity because juggling two different sites was a pretty big challenge for us. And now that we're full-fledged on coyotevest.com, it's been a lot simpler to move forward and really grow the business that way. Yeah. And that's with e-commerce, especially it, it can be so challenging because I used to work at an e-commerce company and we had our products on Amazon and you have your products on your website. And if you could have in other platforms too, it's just a lot to manage. <laughs> it's just so yeah. many different things. So having on one is nice yeah. for sure. <laughs> And then you mentioned like with, with the website and with everything taking off, because obviously it's kind of a viral product, you know, how are you leveraging that? So initially, yes, you had to like, obviously just fill the orders, which is, which is already crazy enough. But then once you start getting press, did you pursue like more press or how did you pursue like more opportunities from that? Um, well, to be honest, the press just came in on its own and we haven't really been out there seeking for additional press. We've been pretty fortunate with the fact that um, this is, a, again, a serious problem that's growing in North America because the coyote populations are really increasing. And so that's an issue. And then now that people really want to take their dogs a lot of places, they're taking them to restaurants, they're taking them um, out more everywhere that they go, There's seems to be some more issues with aggressive dog attacks. And so there's another risk there. And that's a global problem, as well as the birds of prey situation. And so um, it's something that's prominent in the news already. And so because of that, a lot of these news stations are trying to help their customers and their viewers find a solution to this problem. And so we're getting a lot of press attention because of that. Not to mention the fact that our product is pretty fun looking. So we <laughs> get some attention. Yes. But I think that that's where a lot of our medias come from. And then recently we were just on Shark Tank and that was a great opportunity as well. Maybe you can talk a bit more about it, Pam. Yeah. How did that happen, Pam? Yeah. Well, so um, that was really, really a great experience, uh, a great show. Um, one of the producers from Shark Tank personally contacted us to see if we'd be interested in trying out for the show. So we had to go through, you know, the tryout and everything like that, just like anybody else would. But we were really, we, we felt that um, a lot of people could relate to our, our situation and that um, 
you know, they were worried about coyotes. They were worried about aggressive dogs. And it seemed like wherever we went, even when we were on Shark Tank, the producers and even the other um, contestants would say, I know a person whose dog was attacked by a coyote or was attacked by an aggressive dog. So it was a problem that everybody could relate to and everybody has a need for. And I think, you know, as Nicole was saying, as we start to socialize our dogs more, um, you know, there's going to be more attacks. And we're finding that even aggressive dogs is becoming a major issue. And we get testimonials all the time from customers. And customers will get a hold of us either via phone or through an email. And we have thousands of them. They'll say, hey, you know what? I just saw your vest at Dog Park. And my dog's been attacked before. So I got this vest. And we just had this happen about a week ago. And she said, I got the vest one day. And the following day, my dog was attacked. And I'm telling you, my dog would not be alive today without that vest. Wow. So it's things like that. When we hear these stories, um, we just feel so passionate about it, you know, and um, we know that we're helping save lives. But a lot of our customers don't realize that they are saving lives also. Every time they have that vest on or they share it on Instagram or next door, We'll get a message um, because, like I say, we get hundreds of messages in per week. And they'll say, hey, I saw that vest or I heard about it on next door and I've got that vest. And now I feel like my dog is being protected. Yeah. And it's it's such a visual product, which, you know, it has it almost the virality just built into the product itself. When someone sees it, you, you just can't look away. And it, it is obviously so useful as well. It's not just the look, it's effective. And so it's one of those things where it seems like yeah, word of mouth would just take off like crazy. And then also in terms of media, anything visual as well is very helpful. Um, obviously, this is just an audio podcast, but there'll be images on the site and everything of Coyote Vest. But in any video show or any, any news station, it's easy to see why that would work. Because it's such a visual visual product that it's like okay you have to see this and then once you know what it can do it's just like oh well yeah that makes a lot of sense if you have a dog it's like kind of a no-brainer mm-hmm. right right uh-huh. and then as the company has grown uh over the over the years and what have been some of the biggest challenges you've had to face i think um our initial challenge was the growth period with manufacturing um trying to make that many vests was an initially a, a big problem for us. As I mentioned, we were six months back ordered. People didn't want to wait that long. It caused a customer service issues as well because people were wondering when they were going to get a vest. And it was hard for us to predict when we were going to have theirs completed and be able to ship it out. So that was probably initially our biggest yeah, struggle that we had so. to go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it really was because we're making them first at home. Now we have our own shop right in San Diego where we're designing. We have a lot of great more pet body armor products coming out. Um, We're able to test it. Um, What we like is before any product goes out, before it's shipped, that we can actually look at that product. We can make sure that we're happy with the quality that everything is the way we would want it if we were receiving the product. And so now that we do our own in-house manufacturing, but we also have a large manufacturer in Southern California that can make thousands of vests for us at a time, but they still come through our door first to be able to be shipped. We take a look at every single piece that comes through before it's going out to a customer. 
So I think getting the manufacturing is always, if you're, if you're doing manufacturing, making products can be the most difficult. And then also just awareness. Now that we have um, a lot of customers that are wearing our product around the world, we have tens of thousands of customers. Um, it's really helpful because they're coming back and they're able to say in testimonials, this product works. And it's yeah. very, very helpful. Yeah. And then as, as the company has grown as well, I'm curious, like how have your, your roles kind of evolved or changed or adjusted since the early days? Well, I still wear many, many hats. Yeah. I'll tell you. I mean, um, Never <laughs> we're still a small family owned company, but we do have a shop and we do hire people right in our community. We have our own sewers now, our shipping department, our customer service, marketing. So, um, that's wonderful. But when it's your own business, um, it seems like you do work like that 24 seven, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you better believe in your product. Yeah. You better feel passionate about it because you're going to put a lot of work in a lot of time. A lot so of time. I do. <laughs> We're just fortunate now that we have, um, a lot of people who are also passionate about this in our community who have decided that this is what they want to do is be part of our Coyote Vest team and part of our Coyote Vest family and really help us grow the business and be able to reach more people and save more lives, protect more dogs and give more customers peace of mind. So um, being able to have more people on staff provides us with a bit of an opportunity to uh, create new products, do more innovation in-house, gives us an opportunity to look outside. We'd love to we have rescue dogs. Our dogs are rescue dogs. So um, we'd love to get more involved. We do work with rescues already, but it, yeah. this gives us an opportunity that now we have a little bit more time and flexibility that we can get more involved with rescue organizations as well as um, come up with new ways to think outside the box and try and reach our customers and grow awareness of Coyote Vest. Yeah. And with like, where are some of those other products that you've come out with. As I saw, there's lots of different accessories oh. and everything else. I want to speak a little bit on yeah. the different products so you have. we have two different styles of stab-resistant vest at this time. We have the Coyote Vest and the Spike Vest. And um, then we have, it's called uh, our whiskers, the Coyote Whiskers that can go on top of the vest. Uh, we have the spikes that are included with our vests that go around the neck and they go on the back. And those are removable, so you can take them off or on when you want to. Same with the whiskers. Uh, we have a hawk shield, a triple layer Kevlar hawk shield, which is another, it's an accessory, and it adds more protection to the back. Um, birds of prey, they like to come down fast. Um, though we haven't had a problem with this because that, so far the whiskers and the spikes have deterred the birds of prey. So we are really happy about that. We get a lot of testimonials on that. But the Hawk Shield is another product. Then we have our everyday spike collar. All our products are waterproof. Um, our dogs wear them out to beach, dog beach in the water. This everyday spike collar has um, spikes that go all the way around the neck. They can be worn by itself or with the vest. We have, if you want to go a little more stylish, our leather coyote collar. A lot of people just like to wear that for taking their dogs to um, like to the malls or anything, uh, or if they're taking it to dinner, taking the dog to dinner with them because they look really cool. And oh my gosh, we have yeah, keep so your dog with you, We've got our 
coyote zapper that Robert <laughs> and actually Lori, it didn't show Lori on the um, on Shark Tank, but Lori got zapped too with the coyote zapper. <laughs> <laughs> we had that on number one and it goes up to a hundred. And <laughs> So we have the coyote zapper that works great too. And we find some of our customers use that also when they have an aggressive dog in the family and they're trying to uh, train the aggressive dog not to attack the little dog. They can sit there and put this coyote zapper on the stab resistant vest. And if the dog goes to attack, they can push the button. And after doing that a few times and the dog gets zapped in the mouth, it's going to say, hey, I don't like this and uh, I'm not going to do it anymore. So they do, they're using it for training purposes also. And all those are some of them. And we just recently <laughs> came out with our um, coyote vest harnesses. Oh yeah, our spike harnesses. Spark harnesses. Those are, those are, spike yeah, harnesses. yeah they're very, awesome. they're yeah. very cool. So it's a very awesome I was just going to say, there's so obviously there's so many products and everyone should definitely check out CodyVest.com. With that, then like, what are kind of, uh, obviously you're developing different products. What are kind of the next steps for the company like moving forward in terms of products or where the company's headed and like next like decisions you're trying to make to grow anything with where the company's kind of going and kind of your ultimate vision? Well, it's a big world out there. So we plan on continuing <laughs> designing. Yeah. You know, we have uh, a lot of customers in Australia and the UK, and we haven't even started to uh, uh, let all the customers in North America know about us. There's a lot of people out there that still do not know about us. So I'll let Nicole yeah, I think with that. Ideally, I mean, we have customers in other countries who would really like to be able to access our products easier being an e-commerce site they can reach us online but it's not the same i mean you're still shipping from the united states so i think eventually we'd like to look at some international distribution um another thing that would be great is getting our product into um physical stores so some brick and mortars because again people want to be able to try the vest on their dog make sure they're getting the right size um see the different products that we have so trying to expand our brick and mortar as well as our international. That's a goal for us. Um, Again, one of our primary goals is just awareness, trying to get the word out a little bit more. And um, top of mind is always innovation. We're constantly innovating, looking at the next new product, what we can do to improve our customers and their pets' lives. Um, So that's something that we're going to continue to pursue moving on. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's exciting with so many different opportunities and such a need with the product itself. Yeah. And so as more people find out about it, it just keeps kind of growing, spreading in all different directions, which is, which is amazing. And, you know, one of the things always with the podcast I like to talk about is more of the, you know, the tips and tools and strategies and everything like that. So, you know, if someone wants to launch a business, you know, what are some of those first things they should kind of be thinking about? We grew our company, like I said, out of tragedy and uh, we grew it organically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what they got to do is first find a need. Um, you know, I mean, there are trends and fads out there, but that's a need too. So you, you got to find a need and um, you want to make sure there's a lot of customers out, out there that feel the same way you do. You have to be very passionate about your com- uh, your company and your products because you're going to be spending a lot of time and effort on it. And I think you need to test it and make sure that you're not wasting your time also. 
Um, you know, and that's by taking the product. I think it's for me personally, I thought it was better for us to grow it slowly to make sure that uh, people were interested in it. And now that we know that now we can just go full force on it. Yeah, it's always and coming from that position is the much better way than what many people want to do is just create something and then figure out how to sell it. <laughs> if you start with a need first, you know there's you know you know there's demand and then you're just figuring out how to meet the demand. It's a much better way of of building a company and obviously there's a huge need for what you have and it makes perfect sense combined with the story you have and personal experience you had makes complete sense. And as you've gone through this process too with with growing this company, you know, what have been some of those valuable resources for you, whether it be, you know, podcasts, books, audiobooks, conferences, or or what have you to kind of learn and develop as entrepreneurs? Well, I have to say, um, just to add on to what Pam had mentioned previously, I think another thing that's really important too when you are looking to build a business is just to make sure to identify who you're um, target market is and actually go talk to those customers, whether you need to create like a minimum viable product, which is, I mean, very minimal, vi minimum viable product, like just something basic so that you can show people and really get some feedback. That's hugely important. Yeah, and in terms of resources, I think that, I mean, we are so fortunate to live in a digital age where we have the internet and, um, everything right at our fingertips. So I can pretty much not stress how um, much online resources have played a large part in um, our success and building our company out. I think that um, you should always want to be learning as an entrepreneur. You can always learn more. You should be networking and pretty much anyone you meet can teach you something new. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, whenever you meet people to try and learn something from them, from their experience. Um, I really like podcasts. As you can see, like this podcast is a great resource <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, for people to learn about entrepreneurship. Um, one of the other podcasts that I'm sure you've heard of that I also really like is How I Built This. Those are, um, they're talking about like bigger companies um, who have found a lot of success. And I think that something that's really great about listening to those is hearing people's stories who have really created something amazing, something huge, but that they all started in the same spot. They were all struggling. There's the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and, and finding a way to just make it through that, to take on challenges, to look at failure and learn from it, and to just take advice from other people and, and go out and do it. And you know, even if it seems crazy, just do what you love if you have a passion for it. Yeah, yeah and I'll I'll definitely echo that. That how I built this is a is a great show. It's a great podcast, and I've listened to that for for quite some time now. They do have amazing amazing guests on there, yeah. and it's it's quite the show to listen to if you if you're interested in podcasts for sure. And you know, one thing with entrepreneurship, there's there's struggles and there's ups and downs. Like, how do you like manage that or manage the emotions of entrepreneurship and you know the downs and the issues? Like, how do you manage that day to day? Well, I have to say that we are pretty fortunate. We're a family business, so there's three of us. And um, that comes with its own challenges. But <laughs> it, it's been great because <laughs> we are really here to support each other. And when someone's down, there's always somebody there to pick them back up. And I think that's one of the benefits of um, doing an entrepreneurial um, project or taking on a business with other people is that you have really a good support group there. 
And then really just our customers help us through the ups and downs. I mean, every time that we get a story from a customer or a photo telling us like how much they love the product, how much their dog loves the product, how it's really changed their life or saved their dog's lives. Um, that's extremely rewarding. And so um, that really helps us make it through any ups and, well, the downs, and it keeps us feeling positive and, and just always looking at the bigger picture is um, this opportunity that we have um, to take this tragedy that happened with Buffy and help other people. She's basically a guardian angel for pets all over the world, and it's been just a great experience. You know, and it, that's so true, and it's like when we get off of work, um, at the end of the day, we take our do three dogs into the shop with us and they are so anxious to get out the door and so are we and go for a hike or a walk. And for me, at the end of the day, when I just see the dogs, I mean, just even watching the dogs walk or run or roll or play, I swear, I get this euphoria. <laughs> I just feel like, oh my gosh, I just feel so good. And I just go, hey, you know what? It's an overwhelming feeling of happiness. And, um, you know, having a having a business where you can have that kind of a feeling mm -hmm. at the end of the day is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like we kind of talked about earlier, it's, you know, the tragedy of obviously losing Buffy, losing, losing your dog, but then probably saving thousands of other dogs. So it's quite an incredible thing to happen. And, you know, it's because of obviously you built this company out of that and it turned into something that's so good that I, I wanted to spread more and more and I will definitely need to get a, a dog in the future. And one of those things were like, yeah, it makes, like we said before, it makes so much sense. And as we're kind of wrapping things up there, was there any other like advice you'd have for aspiring entrepreneurs or, or business owners? Um, well, I guess we touched on it a bit, just really finding something that you love if that's for a business, because again, it's going to take a lot of your time and a lot of your energy. It's really a roller coaster. So making sure that you have something that you're willing to invest your time and emotions into, um, always looking at failure is an opportunity to learn so that you're not afraid to fail. And something that I've recently been working on and two mantras that I've picked up um, through this process have been progress, not perfection, and shoot your shot. And so anytime I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get something, like, you know, you always want to, or at least for me, I feel like I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I want to make sure that everything I put out there is like the best it can possibly be in terms of like marketing materials or um, even like my emails, but just trying to make sure that, you know, you just got to take a step in the right direction, just go for it. So um, that's some advice that I would have for entrepreneurs and business owners. Love it. And it's funny that you mentioned that because so, so my, my best friend, Zach, who's in the podcast earlier, he has his own, his own company as well. And we've been saying, shoot your shot for some time. Exactly. You have to just go for it. And where can people go to learn more about everything you guys are doing? They, um, the best place to learn about us is to go to our website, which is www.coyotevest.com. And uh, feel free to reach out to us via email or social media. I love it. And thank you both so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. And definitely, and if anyone's interested and wants to reach out, we'd love to chat with them. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. 
The show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. All the links to things mentioned in this episode you can find there. Also, you can check out the free course I created on how to start a podcast. That will be at justgrind.com slash podcast. And lastly, if you have not done so yet, please, 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 please leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast that helps more people find the show. Also subscribe in there as well and share the show with someone else if you haven't already. I really appreciate that. Thanks again for the time and I will talk to you later.